Welcome to another edition of the Marketing Science Podcast, the podcast for sales and marketing professionals working within science, engineering, and healthcare. My guest today is Ricky Lowe, CEO of Kumos Consulting and a specialist in Salesforce. Good afternoon, Ricky. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. Frankie, how are you? Um, very well. Yeah, pushing on, still going strong. Ricky, you're here to talk to us today about Salesforce. Um, and on, on LinkedIn, I've just had a, a quick look. It says you're a Salesforce systems and technical application architect. Now, can you just briefly explain what exactly that means to us mere mortals? Ah, yes. So Salesforce has their own certification um process so it's a sort of like an accreditation so each architecture domain has its own uh, certification so they group um, four of the architect certifications together to create the system architect and then another four for the technical uh, application architect so uh, it just means that i have basically eight of the architect domain certifications I always find that when we're talking about Salesforce, I always liken it to the movie Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio. And I was actually just explaining to uh, to our CEO the other day about some work you were doing for us. And now you're on, a, I think it's the, the maximum level, which is like level four for Inception, where he goes deep, deep into four people's subconsciousness. <laughs> I'd say that my understanding is about level two, I reckon. So I, can, I know my way around a dashboard and a few reports and that, but just when, whenever it gets too complicated you can i think you you know the moment when my eyes glaze over and i I think my brain's hurting so you take over and you explain in layman's terms um okay so just how give us an idea of how different industries are are reacting to the current covid pandemic uh with regards or from a salesforce perspective obviously the uh food and beverage hospitality Travel and tourism industries are taking a massive hit at the moment. I have been working recently with a food and beverage subscription company. They have had to rapidly change their whole business, really, um, to home delivery so that they can sort of keep going through this uh, through this troubled time. And that sort of ability, uh, agility is needed to survive in a crisis like COVID-19. But on the other end of the scale life sciences and healthcare industries are almost overwhelmed with the uh, new customers and requests. And this is where having this right CRM system in place is really important. Yeah. So you mentioned that travel and tourism, uh, obviously down, I think we that's no surprise to anyone, but uh, the importance of Salesforce in that respect, I suppose, handling a, a lot of customer service inquiries, lots of people requesting refunds or rearranging their travel fixtures or rebooking flights, etc. Surely, under you know, behind the scenes from a database perspective, that is of critical importance. Yeah, of course, you're right. So even having um, just a basic CRM system behind the scenes just allows that, um, you know, the confidence with your customers that you have this under wraps and you will get a refund eventually. But the detriment of not having that is that you would lose um, lose confidence in that brand or that company. So you wouldn't go back to them after all of this crisis is over. So having a CRM system in place through this time is, is really important. Yeah. 
I suppose there's nothing more frustrating. We we can all relate to being a consumer, ringing up a credit card company, ringing up a travel company where they don't know their ass from their elbow. Exactly. And they they just don't have a clue about your customer history or or you know what what transactions you've 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 had with them before. So you you have very little confidence with them. They're, they are the customer service uh, rep, reps are the face of the company. That's basically your brand, the front the front end of your brand, isn't it? So it's paramount importance it is yes exactly all right so what about examples in in say like the life sciences and healthcare which you mentioned before um i think you mentioned the health cloud how 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 are companies using health cloud basically crm systems are all about having the correct customer uh, related information to make informed decisions so take taking the example of the healthcare and life science industries uh, salesforce has a, a product called health cloud uh, which is basically a crm tailored for specifically for healthcare um, the main aim of this offering is to closely connect the patient and the healthcare worker so that they're able to provide personalized and informed care based on medical history and specific needs. So it's sort of like, um, um, you know, way back when, um, when we all used to have our family, one family doctor, and they knew everything about it. It was all very personal. We've gone away from that. So nowadays you go into a doctor and you can see any any of the doctors. Um Having a system like Health Cloud um, would tailor that towards um, it being like a personal conversation. So they have all of the information available at the tip of their fingers so they can um, have informed medical decisions. So that that customer-centric view is, is Salesforce's bread and butter. And it's common across all industries and products that they provide. Yeah, I've certainly seen um, examples where... Um there's lots of med tech companies out there who who, who do something similar where they're providing uh, real-time patient data or in real time. So it means that the ward managers who are looking after lots and lots of patients are able to monitor vital information in real time. And, and so they can almost see these indicators and, and they can see any problems before they're actually arising in the health of their, their patients on, on the ward. So uh, vast, vastly... Um, interesting intriguing and, and a, you know a great application of this tech yeah no, I, exactly and to take the example of the um the life uh, life insurance companies uh, you know they're all handing out you know, apple watches fitbits all of these uh, types of wearable technology and having those fed into a system like um like health cloud is really important and you know it, it can inform um you know their the different um options for you know their premiums basically yeah i was actually having a very interesting debate with a, a friend who was telling me about his um his life insurance policy they actually sent him a garmin watch so this is a 50 year old um bloke they sent him a Garmin watch, which rewarded you, and your premiums came down with the, you know, the more exercise that you do. Um, but let's move swiftly on before we open Pandora's box. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> um, okay, so why have CRM systems become so important? Yeah, I, I think that um, you know. The- <laughs> Especially with customer-facing companies, um, the the ability to have um, the accurate and relevant data in front of your eyes um, makes it far easier to sell, upsell, cross-sell, 
um, service. So it's it's across um, across the board of um, of of service, really. Um, why has Salesforce become the market leading powerhouse that it has today? The the, the first thing is it's 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 good timing basically so um mark benioff founded salesforce in 1999 and it was a it was a cloud-based product from the start there's also a a, a great community um, of of salesforce enthusiasts um and there's a wealth of knowledge online so there's forums there's blogs there's an ideas portal um, so there's there's plenty of uh, knowledge out there, but also there's a strong partner ecosystem. So um, these partners provide support to the more large and complex implementations of Salesforce. You know, when I started on Salesforce eight years ago, there was just Sales and Service Cloud. So you just your your basic CRM and service. Now they have a marketing cloud for creating customer journeys, email campaigns, text campaigns, push notifications, community cloud for customer and partner-facing websites and portals. You've got Einstein Analytics, so a, a business analytics in the cloud, commerce cloud, so online shopping, Salesforce CPQ, so configure price quote, so that um, it allows customers to build complex um, pricing structures and schedule billing and subscriptions. Field service management, so that's an offline mobile app for servicing in the field, and, and many more. So, in fact, the Salesforce platform itself is a platform as a service. This means that developers like me can develop applications on top of Salesforce. Yeah, I think yeah, you just listed a few of the things out the box, but then the customization and the tailoring that you can do is is uh, well, we'll get into that shortly. Just on that, that though, Einstein Analytics is something that we've been looking at. Could you expand a bit on that on on the kind of uh, data analysis and capability you can get from Einstein Analytics? So Salesforce out the box has um, dashboards um, and reports. Einstein Analytics adds a level of dynamic data analysis. So what, what I mean by dynamic data analysis is that a, um, a layperson to data can interact with dashboards so they can drill down into focus areas that they um, they might need to know more information about. So in the example of an organization that's using opportunities such as yours, if you spun up an Einstein Analytics dashboard, a salesperson could go in and drill down into, um, say, the salesperson's opportunities and open up a new dashboard and then they could drill down into, say, the different products and see how and which uh, products they are selling more of and where they can focus on. They could also then drill back out of that data and drill in from a, a, a country lens, so a, a worldwide lens, open up a dashboard of a world map to see where their opportunities are based throughout the world and then drill down into a, a specific country. Um, this allows us to, you know, identify strengths, uh, strength regions, um, but also where they would like to have more, um, more focus, basically. So it sounds like, I mean, there's some, some of those things I, I know that 
we we're able to do uh, with a bit of complex dashboard and report functioning but this sounds like the real selling point is user friendly you know for, for the layperson someone who can they, they don't need any training in salesforce they can just do it and it's it's it basically leads you down the path yes exactly yeah and it's a so it, obviously it involves a somebody who understands the data in the first place to design the dashboard but the key there is that they don't need to fully understand what the what the the salespeople want from that dashboard because they're just designing the actual data the, the sales guy can drill down and um, drill down into key focus points so that they can get the information that they require. Yeah. And then they can focus on doing what they do best. Just selling. <laughs> Customers and sales. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So you've got, you've got a, um, you said you've been in uh, Salesforce for working in Salesforce for eight years. What, what did you do before that? Yes. Yeah, so I uh, studied electronic engineering at uni. How, how does that complement your current um, your current situation, your current skill set, and how do you? I suppose how does that affect how you look at problems? Now, I haven't um, touched on any engineering topic that I learned at university, but the the key skill that I take from my time at uni is that problem solving ability, and it's the ability to. Um, well identify a root cause of of the the problem so so how how do you then apply that to um i mean what what's your framework for solving business issues or business challenges um from a sales poor standpoint okay so whenever i start a new project i first identify key stakeholders in their different areas so these are the subject matter experts then i arrange workshop sessions where they outline their as-is processes and any issues they are encountering. Then I design a to-be process um, and feed it back to the business. Um, a lot of the time, this involves actually building um, building a prototype because of Salesforce's rapid um, development nature. Yeah, I imagine lots of testing in the, in a sandbox because I know it's it's um, if you change something or if you move a, a widget or a dashboard somewhere, in, even in a in a sort of relatively small or small business, it can be uproar. But if you're doing that in a in a much larger organisation, I imagine, or people wouldn't know where to complain, would they? Yes, yeah, yeah. No, you don't want to change something massive without uh, without testing it. No, right. So what are the common roadblocks when, when you're implementing new systems and processes within companies? To be honest, it's usually the people. There are all, there's always one or two people that are resistant to change, and there are others who have massive influence over the rest of the team. The key is to identify these people early on in the process and win them over. I mean, we're not just going through change for change sake as well. There is a genuine business purpose for, you know, improving process or you know, incre- increasing efficiency, et cetera. So I suppose that's key in the messaging when you're approaching these people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. I'm sure lots of people, lots of wry smiles from people identifying with what you've just said there. And if there aren't any wry smiles, then you're probably one of those people. <laughs> yes. All right. Super. So. What's been your most rewarding or even your favorite project, you know, from eight years of working in Salesforce or working as, as a Salesforce 
solutions architect? My favourite project has to be working with a company in the hospitality industry. The company offers membership cards that uh, give discounts and deals for restaurants and uh, cinemas. The project is a full digital transformation. And what that means is that it's the the full uh, start to finish. So from marketing through to sales, through to billing and customer service. One of the main focus points of the project was creating what's called a single customer view. Um, What I mean by a single customer view is that um, it's a single record for each unique customer. So first name, last name, email, um, phone number. And associated with that are the records such as memberships and cases. An example of this particular client's before scenario is that they had to log in to three different systems for three different brands just to service a a customer who was on the phone. So, Sounds like a terrible customer experience. Exactly, exactly. Um, And another part of this um, project was the partner relationship management side. So similar to customer relationship, except this is with the restaurants, the cinemas, etc., Right. So you you mentioned about the you know multiple memberships, multiple cases. What's a case in this in this context? So a case is Salesforce's terminology for a support ticket. Right. Okay. So it has it has the uh, subject of the of the issue, and they can track um, comments by agents and discussion with the customer. All right. And what about memberships? So a membership for this client is uh, a record. Uh, you've got a membership card. You've got an expiry date, um, and you've got the cost of the membership card. So that is what these guys term a membership record. Okay, so you could have multiple memberships in multiple cases per customer. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then specifically, um, they could have – this this client had three different brands. So you could have – three different memberships across the three different brands but if you wanted to um, raise an issue with you know all three of them that you'd have three separate cases okay so you mentioned the the single like unified customer view um as well as uh, lots of multiple data sources huge databases which i presume would have been a mix of online and offline um ex- just explain again, in layman's terms, like the complexity and the size of the challenge, um, as well as any sort of pitfalls that you might have with data migration? Yeah, so data migration is the number one overlooked part of any Salesforce project. When we say legacy systems, we mean old databases um, that store customer data. Now, in all databases, a customer details may be spread across 20 or so tables. Um, and in a, in a particular project, the customer data may be held across multiple databases. So the complexity of getting all of these 
tables together joined across multiple da- uh, databases imported into Salesforce is very difficult and time consuming and it's it's often overlooked. The cost of getting it wrong is massive since it would mean that um, you, you don't have the single customer view. If you've not got all of the records connected together, then you can't service your customer effectively. So that could be rewards points for someone who travels a lot. It could be rewards for hotels. In our own application, I'd say it'd be not knowing what the people are interested in from a sales and marketing perspective. And you're not being able to sort of say, right, well, we know that you're interested in producing webinars and podcasts. It'd just be entering a a sales conversation or even a customer service conversation completely blind. Okay, so... I know that you, um, you've you obviously come from, you used to live in Australia. Where, whereabouts in Australia were you? Uh, Melbourne. Huge mining industry. You told me previously about an application in tyre pressure sensing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that specific uh, sensing application? Yes. So I worked with a company called Tough Tech, and um, they, they have a tyre pressure monitoring system. Um, so these these tire pressure monitor systems sit on industrial sized tires. These tires cost thousands of pounds, um, and what it does is it effectively monitors the pressure, temperature, other important um, sensors, and it sends the telemetry data over the internet. And it's stored in their own Amazon Web Service application. In Australia, I've seen them. They trans they transport the machines like one tire at a time. It takes a truck to pick a tire, basically. So, so how much are these tires? How much are we looking at for these tires? And and what's like the cost of replacing these? The cost of a single tire alone can be thousands of uh, of pounds. Obviously, the cost of replacing it is much more out in the field than it is replacing it in the warehouse. So that's that's the, the key driver behind this is uh, alerting the company to sensor data that would indicate that this tire is about to fail, but also having that data available to the agent who's visiting these tires to replace them, knowledge about other tires nearby that they can also attend to, to avoid later catastrophic failure. I suppose, yeah, the leading indicator uh, to draw on the health solutions, the health cloud example again, you've got the hospital manager or the ward manager looking at the leading indicators of all the patients, their vital stats. You're looking at the vital stats of all the trucks that are working out in the in the field in, in Australia. So fascinating example um, and, and, you know, Thanks for sharing that with us. What other examples have you got, um, for instance, working in media? So I, um, I worked for a, um, a national TV broadcasting um, company, and um, they have a, an application that they can, you can watch on demand TV. Now, this particular application required um, devices to have a certification. So... Where Salesforce uh, came into the uh, into the field is that it acted as a partner uh, relationship management. So it was a uh, a, cust- a custom portal 
where the partner can um, enter device specifications and interact with this TV broadcasting company. Oh, cool. Well, it's fascinating. Even just chatting away, and I know we, we do speak, obviously, um, we've known each other for a lot longer, but it's fascinating just finding out about the, lots of the weird and wonderful ways that people use Salesforce, like in different industries, in, in the you know, dining and in, in, um, consumer industry for, for people at restaurants or in cinemas or in content publication or even in you know, national media. It's, it's, it's great that you know, as a consumer, I will, I'll watch things on, on demand, but I have no idea how that uh, program has, has come to be tested or, or how it's been come to be displayed on my, on my TV at home. And I think most people wouldn't even give it a second thought, but it's fascinating anyway. So it was about maybe four or five years ago when the penny dropped for me, I realized that it would be much more useful than just a glorified Rolodex. And I can see that lots of clients and lots of people that I speak to sort of go through that same process. And then it's a journey from then on in as to how much functionality they get out of it. But what, what would you say are the most underutilized features of, of Salesforce that clients don't even know about? Salesforce is not just a sales sales tool as well. So they, they've sort of shot themselves in the foot by calling them Salesforce because it is just so much more than that. It's more of the um, the how customers are using Salesforce as a whole. So it's the fact that you have all of your marketing, sales, finance, um, and operations in one system, and they're working together on the same unified records to provide a end-to-end um, solution. And I think that's where um, a lot of companies are missing out on. Yeah. Okay. So say finance is chasing up an invoice. Um, it, it now knows that the customer is, it knows that the customer has a particular issue with operations or it's, it knows that the customer is looking at another cross-selling opportunity or it's, there's lots of intricacies there that before, if that information was just stored in different systems or different databases, you, you'd lose that opportunity. But now, anyone in the company or anyone with permissions can actually access the data they need. Correct. Yes. All right. Um, okay. So looking to round things off now, where do you see, where do you see Salesforce growing in the next five to 10 years? So I, I think that now um, more and more devices are being connected over the internet. I, I think it's got to be, um, Salesforce's Internet of Things and uh, Salesforce anal Einstein Analytics that have got to grow. You know, we've got an estimated 125 billion connected devices by 2030. This combined with the new 5G network means that there's going to be a load of untapped data out there. And I think that these two products can provide um, key insight for customers all right fantastic well thank you to ricky for sharing his insights there and scratching away at the ball of string that is salesforce we hope that has been helpful to you the listeners don't forget to subscribe on itunes spotify or at azonetwork.com or wherever you usually listen to your podcasts join us next week where we will be joined by andy henton ceo of inside scientific thanks for listening <laughs>